this podcast is um, powered by Splendid Spoon and it's called Take the Day Off. And, you know, when it comes to the parental leave like this, I honestly prefer for women to take that time. Literally take it. Don't worry about what's going on out there. Why do we fear that we're not going to be able to do what we've always done in our lives just because we're pregnant? Right. I mean, I would argue that you come back better than ever. Number one, because you're like so starved for adult conversation. And I mean, there is nothing harder than, you know, being up for days on end and trying to get a onesie on a child who's still a little bit wet from a bath and screaming their freaking head off. Like, I I remember doing that with my daughters and thinking, God, this is way worse than any presentation I had to give. You know, this is way more pressure than anything that I've ever dealt with in my life because it is a human. And if something happens to this human, I will go to jail. You know what I mean? Like it was all of these things. So I think first off, we need to start like believing in ourselves. I think it's very easy for people to sniff out doubt. If you doubt that you're going to come back as sharp as you were when you left, then they will doubt that you will come back that sharp. Ladies, I don't care how long you've been out of the workforce, you absolutely can come back in. Don't say it's been five years, so I don't, I can't do it. You might have to get a coach to help you kind of connect the dots, but you just need to create a professional brand on LinkedIn. You need to get a resume. You need to have somebody, you know, kind of like do trial runs with you on what interviewers could ask. This is Take the Day Off, a Mother Honestly podcast powered by Splendid Spoon. Women have always taken on the larger share of the domestic and caregiving responsibilities at home. Cooking, cleaning, laundry, childcare sounds familiar? While these are absolutely important in keeping our households running smoothly and efficiently, we also know that women, as a result of the uneven, repetitive, and usually unrelenting household chores endure stress, anxiety, burnout, and depression. This podcast is about taking the day off from your personal or professional to-dos and bringing the focus back to you and on what matters most to your personal well-being, indulging in a creative pursuit, or simply getting some sleep. Weekly, we'll check in with you to learn more about what you're doing to take the day off, or simply some take-the-day-off moments. In turn, we will harm you with the resources and know-how to take the day off, rejuvenate, and even better, unplug and get the rest that you deserve. We can only do this if we all do it. We must band together to show our young children and society at large that care matters. I am your host, Blessing Adesinyal, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly, a chemical engineer, energy supply chain and operational excellence leader, and mother of four. You will also hear from my friend and co-host, Andrea Mullen, founder and CEO of Victory PR and mother of two boys. We are here to take the day off with Splendid Spoon. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on the Mother Honestly podcast. I'm here with Elizabeth Pearson, an executive coach and author of Career Confinement. Welcome, Elizabeth. 
Thank you so much for having me, Blessing. I'm excited for our chat. Thank you. I mean, Elizabeth, you and I, we met in person, finally, um, yes. since the pandemic started. We finally met in person in LA last yeah. week, or is it two weeks ago? It felt like last week. I feel like time is yeah, flying. Um, is. But we met two weeks ago at the Fair Play screening that was hosted by Mother Honestly, the University of Southern California, um, as well as Fair Play Policy Institute. We also had the first partner of California there. Just really, really exciting times, right? Um, thank yeah. you so much, by the way, for honoring my invitation to attend. Oh my God. It, was, it would have been so easy to dip out, you know, and like blame the kids and all of the stuff. Uh, but I can't, you know, I can't thank you enough for including me in that. It was really eye-opening to be around such strong, smart women who are really driving towards the same mission. So it was fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I think you really warmed my heart. Andrea, um, so Andrea is here, everyone. Um, thank you for joining us again, Andrea. So Andrea, what happened was, you know, we had sent out these emails to Mother Honestly partners and friends um, and community out in Los Angeles area. Um, but Elizabeth leaves, I think, a couple of hours away. Um, and she still was able to at least honor the invitation. I, I know you had to get an hotel, a very yeah, expensive hotel, right. which I think was worth it. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, it was really a beautiful day. And it's one of those things where, you know, we talk a lot about this taking the day off. And Elizabeth, you had many reasons to say no. I, I don't know if you want to dive yeah. into that. Yeah. Time. My husband got hurt um, about a month and a half ago, broke his tibia, fibia, ankle, wrist, you name it. Basically, this dude has been immobile for almost two months. And so I had kind of told myself like, well, I can't leave him, especially overnight, because, you know, what if there's an emergency at night? We live in a two-story home. He wouldn't be able to get upstairs to help the kids. Vivi had a cold. She's coughing all night. There was, I mean, they're all excuses, right? But in my mind, they were very valid. And at the end of the day, I had to ask myself, and it, it happened on a walk. I got up really early that morning at like five o'clock and I went for a walk and I just kept hearing this message of like, this is an opportunity. Like, don't say we're not sending you opportunities for self-care and connection, right? Things that I preach to my clients all of the time. Here I was a complete hypocrite, not willing to like be away or ask a girlfriend to bring dinner over for my family or something like that. And I just thought, this is BS. I'm going unapologetically. They will figure it out. And I didn't even make the decision until after I dropped my kids off. So then I was like, oh, well, they're going to just come home from school and mommy's just going to be gone for the night. Uh, yeah. And it was fine. So it's like, it was this wonderful refresher. And when I was, I remember being in the Uber with you and Aaron Gallagher, and um, you were telling me all about these adventures you've been having. And after LA, you were going to London. And prior to LA, you're in San Francisco and all of these things. And it was this wonderful message that I really needed to hear of like living your life. And even a post that you recently did on Instagram about what do you do, you know, when people ask you, or do you feel guilty when you travel because you're a mother? And it's like, well, no, I deserve a fulfilled life too. And so it was just this wonderful example of that. So I feel like your entire platform really is a wonderful reminder to women that we owe it to ourselves to live a fulfilled life and for our children to see us living a fulfilled life. That's amazing. 
blessing. I saw that post also, and I watched along as you guys were in LA and um, blessing then when you went on with your travels. And that's something that I struggle with too. Even tonight, I have a client event and my kids get a little bit like, you know, they're like, oh, you're not going to be here. And I start to think, how can I, how can I get out of it? And then I'm like, why would I want to get out of this? This is, you know, I've struggled to sign these clients and, you know, I'm working with brands that I have always aspired to work with. And so it's like losing focus. How, what, actually, Elizabeth, I'd love to know your thought on this. Why is it so easy for us to lose focus on what we've prioritized in with the snap yeah. of fear? Well, because I think that it's very easy to let ourselves down and it's harder to let these little people um, and our spouses down. And I think at the end of the day, um, you know, that's how we erode our confidence because self-worth and self-confidence really, I think, is based upon the commitments that you keep to yourself. And so every time we make a plan with a girlfriend and then, you know, and there's all these memes out there now too, like, oh, it feels so great to cancel plans. And okay, maybe, you know, maybe if you've got like a blessing level schedule where you're like running constantly, that's one thing. It's another thing if you're really just okay letting yourself down. And, and by the way, letting your girlfriend down. I think the other big piece to that too is like, it's very easy to say, you know, I don't really feel like going out tonight and she'll be fine with it too. But you don't know what she might really need from you in that moment. I think when we start to isolate ourselves from our female friends, especially ones that inspire us in some area of their life, right? If there's some area of their life, which you really would love to have for yourself, those are the type of people that you should, you should make an effort to surround yourself with. And you can also be of service to them. That was something, you know, during the pandemic, I lost contact with a lot of my really close girlfriends in Chicago. And it was because we were all in survival mode, right? We had kids at home and we would make dates to FaceTime each other. And then we would always bail. And it got to the point where I finally said to my really good girlfriend, Rachel, at the time, I'm like, I need you and you are bailing on me, you know? And she had no idea. To her, it was just, oh, it was a nice thing. Maybe we'd get together. Maybe we wouldn't. She had no idea that I was like circling the drain the first six months of COVID. So I think, you know, making those commitments and then honoring those commitments really reinforce to yourself that you matter and that it's worthwhile for you to make those sacrifices for yourself. Totally. That's a great way to put it. Um, let's, let's back up a little bit. Elizabeth, tell us about what you do and yeah. um, how you got there, because there's an interesting story about that, right? Yes. So I'm currently an executive coach for women in executive leadership um, positions or C-suite in male-dominated fields. And what inspired me to really kind of pivot into this place, into this career field, is that I worked in corporate sales for the first you know, 13 to 15 years of my career, and that was in beverages and snacks. So vitamin water, Pirate's Booty, those brands, when they were in their infancy, I worked with them. And then we would grow them to be bought by larger brands like Coca-Cola and for Pirate's Booty, B&G Foods, these huge you know, manufacturing companies. And I was doing the thing, right? Like out of college, get the job, right? That vitamin water job was the first job I had. So even though I had a degree from, you know, the school of journalism and advertising, I just grabbed, you know, the first thing I, that I could get. And thank God it was a wonderful experience. But then 
I think like after we get out of university or college, we get the job and then maybe you hang out for a couple of years so that it's long enough that you can put it on your resume. And then, you know, you start to make some money and you're like, Hey, I'm not so bad at this. So I might as well stay. And then, you know, we're blinking and it's 15 years later, you're married, you've got two kids, you're living in the beautiful suburban house, you have everything you need, but you still feel like there's this void. And so for me, I was feeling that void. And later in life, I think it was probably, I was like 20 when I developed an eating disorder, I became bulimic. Like these were all signs that my soul was not in alignment with what I actually wanted to experience as a human being. And it took me a while to figure that out. And I actually went on a very eye-opening trip to Miraval, which is this wonderful um, wellness you know, resort in Arizona. And I really just had like a complete awakening slash total breakdown, you know, like I was a hot mess the whole time I was there. But I, I gave myself permission to say, this isn't okay for me. Like, even though this is an ideal situation for a lot of women and they would absolutely love this and everybody in my Midwest, you know, circle really didn't understand why I couldn't just be happy. Um, I knew that I was not happy. And I was saying to my husband, is this all there is? Like, are you kidding me? Like, this is just it. We're just going to sit here and get through the weekends with these little kids, you know, be in the basement wanting to kill myself because not literally, but like, if I have to play with another one of their toys and act like I care about this, I'm going to die. Like, that's how I felt. I felt very suffocated. And so we shook it up. We, you know, manifested a move to California. I walked away from my entire sales career and said, I don't know what I want to do, but it's not this. And, you know, I had the support of my husband who was working at the time to help with finances, but I also saved up for five years. I knew I was planning my exit. I had to get out. I did not want to work for other people. It was not fulfilling. Selling more stuff, making white guys richer was not my purpose. And so I think a lot of listeners might be hearing little bits of themselves in this. Maybe you have the picturesque life, but you still don't feel fulfilled. And I'm here to say that's okay. And that is something that you should absolutely start digging around in and figuring out what maybe a new path could look like for you because you're never trapped. So what brought you to coaching then, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, um, it's going to sound crazy, but some astrologers and psychics, like all of these awesomely intuitive witchy people that I desperately booked sessions with because I wanted them to tell me what is my purpose. Um, they always kind of came back to this. Like, I don't know, I'm feeling you're, you know, you should be a coach. And my very corporate skeptical mind was like, screw that. Coaches are BS. Anybody can just call themselves a coach. I mean, I would die if I went from being like a director of sales globally for a company to life coach. Like that was not something I was cool with, but it just kept coming through. And then my girlfriends were like, you know, I always go to you for guidance and help. And I was like, okay. And I, and frankly, I had been in some situations in my job in these male dominated fields where I really felt like I had to hide who I was, or I had to try to be one of the guys in order to advance. And in my experience, I had actually flipped the script on that. And I had refused to go to golf outings. I had refused to go out and be out late. I had refused to take an extra day, you know, for a trip that didn't require it, all of these things. And that actually helped me become more successful. So I thought, okay, you know, I might actually have some credibility here with women who've are in corporate America versus a coach who might that 
or a therapist and that's all that they've done, you know, which is, that's no dig on them. But for me, a lot of the women that needed my help wanted to know that I had been in those situations myself. So it was kind of this natural progression and actually started with writing the book, um, which is now our career confinement, but it was a five-year process. And through writing the book, there were a lot of things that started to take shape that really pushed me more into coaching. And, and Elizabeth, you, you do a wonderful job, um, especially articulating the, you know, the challenges that, and, and I call them silence challenges, right? As the, you know, the, the example that you had of the stay at home mom, um, which I hit the word by the way, but you know, <clears throat> let's go with it because that's what yeah. we all know. Um, yeah. you know, the stay at home mom that suddenly realizes that this is not working for me. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to go back into paid work. Um, yeah. I, I think it's also important for us to really understand the challenges, right? And and the reason why that is happening. Why, you know, is it that, you know, this woman doesn't feel like our work is being valued, you know, on the home front? Right. Um, so I think we need to understand that. But I love how you draw out the silent cha- challenges that we are all feeling but haven't been able to articulate. Um, yeah. And, and, and we know that all of these things build resentment and rage, right? Um, I remember when I was staying home, staying home, doing maternity leave, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I was home. I just had a baby. And I remember my, you know, at that time, you know, I think I just read meaning into everything. My husband came home and I was like, oh, you know, it's dinner already. And I was like. No, you know, yes, I've been home all day, but I literally have not time to make dinner. Um, right. And so there's this expectation that when, you know, the woman is home all day, um, that she could possibly not be doing anything exciting or valuable um, beyond cooking, right? And cleaning right. And, yeah. and all of those things. So can yeah. you just, what, what other challenges? Tell us about this book. What were the yeah. key anchors of the book for you? What were, what were some of the key messages that you wanted to get across with this book? Yeah. Well, the reason that the book I think can apply to a lot of people is because there's 13 different stories of real life clients that I've worked with. So their names are changed, but the the stories are legit. This is These are women who came to me. They felt very stuck. Um, one in particular was, you know, stay at home mom at the time. She actually had a two-year-old and, and she wasn't really stay at home, but she worked in a family business. So they were based in the UK, her father, and this huge business that she had helped build with her father. Her father was only paying her 50 grand a year, right? Like, and she lives in Newport, California. You cannot live off that here. And her husband was also then like, or her dad was also paying like her rent for her house and paying for her child's school. I mean, just the control roots were deep into this woman, right? And so she came to me and she said, I don't wanna work in this family business anymore, but I don't have any savings because my dad has just been paying my bills instead of actually paying me a living wage. And her husband actually sold greeting cards and he was like off at trade shows in Vegas and stuff. So here she is in her own private hell and she's got a two-year-old at home with her and she has Really, you know, I think he was gone like two days a week for three hours in the morning, which is no time, right? And she said, you know, help me. We have to figure this out. And I'm like, okay, we can figure this out. So we actually got her resident. about confinement. That's like the definition of a cage. (laughs) Like you're being a boxing lady. Yes. She was, it wasn't even, I don't even think it was a cage because she couldn't see the light of day. It was a cement cell this woman was in. 
And so we, we start kind of like creating a resume and ladies, I don't care how long you've been out of the workforce. You absolutely can come back in. Don't say it's been five years. So I don't, I can't do it. You might have to get a coach to help you kind of connect the dots, but you just need to create a professional brand on LinkedIn. You need to get a resume. You need to have somebody, you know, kind of like do trial runs with you on what interviewers could ask and then how to um, make sure that you can connect the dots for them. So I think that with her, once we started to create that, she started to get excited, momentum started to build. And then on our third session, I remember because it was Zoom, she came on and she was like hysterically crying. And I said, oh my God, what's wrong? And she said, I'm pregnant. It was an accident. I'm pregnant again. We have to pause. We have to just stop this. And I said, no, we're not stopping. Um, we're going to keep going. And she said, but how can I do this? Because, you know, I don't want to like, I think she was like really worried about whoever she worked for, that they weren't going to trust her and that she would be tricking them into hiring her. And I said, you still have worth. Your worth did not just diminish because now you're carrying a child. We are going to plow forward and we're not going to mention it. You do not have to disclose your pregnancy to any potential employers. So yada, yada, yada. She had a few interviews. They were great. And then we found this one. It was actually a past client that I worked with and was now like the head of HR for this huge company. And I said, I'm going to connect you guys. And so even me as a coach, I'm like, oh God, should I be doing this? Like I could totally blow my reputation with this organization if I bring this woman in who at the time, now at this point, when she got the offer, she is six months pregnant, right? So the beauty of Zoom is she could very easily hide it. Um, we put her kid in five day a week, full day daycare so that she could really focus on everything that was coming up. She got the job and the first week they flew her to Orlando for this big conference and she walks in right with a full on bump and it's like a needle on a record, right? Er, like everybody's like, whoa, what is this? So she calls me panicked. Oh my God, they're going to fire me. And I'm like, well, guess what? They can't now. <laughs> like you're, you're actually an employee. All the like paperwork has been done. And I think it probably took 12 hours for her boss to come around before they completely embraced her. And then I said, listen, before you go out on leave, we just, I say, you have to get the hooks in deep. You have to do an incredible job. You have to kill it for them before you go out on mat leave, which she did because she's brilliant. You know, it didn't even matter that she had never had a quote unquote job with a large company outside of her family company. They were still skills like that were, she was very, very good at. And if anything, she was better than most people because, you know, her boss was her dad before and who wants to let that person down? So she absolutely crushed it. She hit her goals. She, before she went out on maternity leave, they offered her a huge promotion and they are moving her entire family to where that company's headquarters base is. So now she has this wonderful maternity leave with her new daughter and she knows she feels ultimately very secure in her career path. So ladies, if you don't take away from that story that, that, you know, the, the door to the cage is never locked, you can always leave. You just have to get support and you have to wrap your mind around it. They're always gluten-free, dairy-free, and completely powered by plants with over 65 options and flexible plans. You can change, pause, skip, or cancel at any time. Splendid Spoon is a great partner to me, helping take the load off of food prep and allowing me to enjoy the simple moments that can mean so much. Splendid Spoon has my back when time is just not on my side. Try Splendid Spoon today by visiting splendidspoon.com and enter promo code HONESTLY 
H-O-N-E-S-T-L-Y to receive $50 off your first box. That is an amazing story. Seriously, I'm like tearing up for her because I I think there were, you know, there there are lots of powerful moments in that story. Um, And just even honestly, the audacity, right, that she then had um, to do all the amazing things that she did for herself. Um, yeah. you know, really for her and, um, and, you know, I can definitely relate with being, you know, having, you know, a pregnancy and then having to go interview. I mean, that is the most terrifying thing I have ever done. Okay, guys, I literally stood up and I was like this, you know, so I wore a dress and I was like this, you know, I, I tried on different jackets. I, you know, I was, I was terrified that I would get there and they would finally figure out that I was a liar. Oh, that I, you know, I, I was not, you know, qualified just because I was pregnant. Um, and I think that, you know, these are real issues that women are facing in the workplace. Um, I love your story because, you know, it, it shows, you know, all of the things that could be happening on a personal level and then also the implications, right, in the workplace, which is something that Andrea and I talk a lot about, which, you know, this, this intersection of work and life yeah. and how we mm-hmm. need to really figure out ways to make sure that both parts are talking to each other, right? Can you imagine this woman who finally had the courage to leave and then being told that, oh, you're pregnant. That's why we can't hire you. I mean, that would have just been Right. So can we dissect that a little bit? Because I'm I'm sure plenty of listeners are having the same experience. I can tell you that, um, you know, for myself, I run an agency. I'm past the maternity leave thing for myself, my own experience, but something that we deal with all the time is when do we tell our clients when someone's going out on maternity leave? And I'll just to give you the context, I have this, and I'm sure many listeners have that. So we're having the conversation from one perspective, but I think there are multiple perspectives we could address. And so I have, you know, occasionally someone goes out on maternity leave. We historically always tell the clients right away. We come in very strong with a plan. We have wonderful, amazing clients. Sometimes we lose clients over an impending maternity leave. Usually we lose clients over an impending maternity leave. So the most recent time this happened over the summer and, you know, it was a new hire. She was pregnant when she was hired. Um, There were some sensitivities. So we didn't find out till late in the game. And then I didn't rush to tell our clients that she was pregnant and going out on leave because I thought to myself, it's none of their business. You know, as long as we deliver on the service, adhere to, you know, meet the standards of the contract that we've signed with them and do so, you know, with honesty and integrity and connection and communication, then that's, that's the, that is the deal. And it was really, there were good things and there were bad things about it. You know, so we, it's obviously not something we can practice every day, but I would love to hear from you like to dissect. Yeah. Why are we having, like, why is that so hard for us? Why do we feel like we are asking for something like very personal by asking for this, expecting that we get this time off and why do we fear that we're not going to be able to do what we've always done in our lives? just because we're pregnant. Right. I mean, I would argue that you come back better than ever. Number one, because you're like, 
so starved for adult conversation. And I mean, there is nothing harder than, you know, being up for days on end and trying to get a onesie on a child who's still a little bit wet from a bath and screaming their freaking head off. Like, I, I remember doing that with my daughters and thinking, God, this is way worse than any presentation I had to give. You know, this is way more pressure yeah. than anything that I've ever dealt with in my life because it is a human. And if something happens to this human, I will go to jail. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was all of these things. So I think first off, we need to start like believing in ourselves. I think it's very easy for people to sniff out doubt. If you doubt that you're going to come back as sharp as you were when you left, then they will doubt that you will come back that sharp. I think the other thing is too, we need to have a little bit more open communication. And this might sound like it's counteracting what we said about feeling like you shouldn't disclose your pregnancy until you are ready. Um, never do it feeling pressured. I think it's great to just let it go as long as possible, honestly, because it isn't. It's none of their business. Um, and you never know. I mean, there are heartbreaking stories of people who lose babies in the fifth yep. month, you know? So yeah. it's like, you don't you don't need to share that. And God forbid at this point with this, you know, in the, in the U.S., if something happens and you need to have an abortion, a late term, because something happened, then you have to disclose. Like, don't do it, ladies. Uh, my advice is do not tell them until the very last yeah, minute. I think I think you bring up a good point. And I just want to pause there for one second because there are so many layers to the conversation that you bring up. And I do want to bring it, like, just make sure that we acknowledge that this is part of the essence of the concept of taking the day off. All of what you just described is a burden that we carry that is unique to women in the workplace that adds to our the heaviness of that is sometimes if we can release that, it is as though we are giving ourselves more time, more you know, bandwidth. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. And I think too, another big fear that employers have is that you're not gonna come back, that maybe you won't come back. So I always advise clients, I'm like, listen, is there any chance you are gonna stay home with this child afterwards, barring God forbid it be special needs or something like that? And they're like, no, I need this income. I will 100% be back. And I said, then tell them that, tell them. I have zero expectations of not coming back and coming back full force. I think another thing, which I don't know if Blessing's gonna agree with it, but I think too, if you're on maternity leave and you're gonna take like a six month maternity leave, maybe you want a longer one, I think it's okay to work out some sort of communication cadence with your organization, especially if you're leading a team to say, listen, after two months, I would love to have a one hour check-in call. Like, I think they just wanna know you're not gonna float off into the abyss and then maybe never even come back. I think it's okay. Like, honestly, when I was on mat leave, I was kind of craving to know what was going on with my team. Like, ooh, what's going on with this account? What's going on with this? Partially because I didn't wanna walk back to like a singed earth scenario where nobody was keeping up with stuff. Um, yeah. And and it was good for my brain to feel like I wasn't just this breastfeeding, wet, always bleeding thing that was surviving for this baby. I yeah. liked my job. So I think it might not be popular. I think some women do, and they deserve that time to completely disconnect with their new infant. But if that's not you, I think it's okay to say, hey, I would like to have a monthly call. I know that there's no expectations on me to do any action after it, but I wanna stay a little plugged in. And I think that calms everybody the F down a little. Like, okay, yeah. she's definitely coming back. And okay, she's cool with like having a couple of check-ins. And then, hey, maybe if you're gonna be out for six months, maybe you go back part-time at the four month mark. So you can start to kind of like ramp back up. So it's not this one day, 
I was 100% surviving for my child and then flipping the switch next day. I have a nanny who's taking care of my child who's screaming in the next room and I'm totally distracted and I'm probably not going to perform very well at work or put yourself on a plane. Like that's what I did. My first day back, I got on a plane still in the diaper from having the kid and flew to Texas and then got slapped on the butt by, you know, uh, uh, not my boss, but somebody on the marketing side that said, Ooh, you really snapped back quick. You know, it was just this like, Oh my, it was this, the worlds could not have been different, you know, more different. So I think that you should have some sort of plan in place, but it's this fear of talking about things. I think that gets women just shut out from a lot of the conversations. Yeah. That's definitely something that Blessing and I talk about quite often. It's not, there's no one size fits all to right. maternity leave. And that should be a welcome conversation. And also I think that the, like for me and for many of the women that I work with, both that, you know, work for my organization and our clients that we work with and that we converse with, there's this, I think you nailed it when you said, you know, you need to stay home and be home with your child and recover. And then there's like flexibility that you need later in the mater- in the new motherhood phase yeah. that it's like you're flipping a switch on and off. And that doesn't work when you have a young child at home who's going through sleep regressions. And when you yourself are hitting new stages of recovery that nobody prepares you for. So they're devastating each time they come. Right. Um, so I definitely think that there's an interesting dynamic to the maternity leave conversation that, it, you know, I hope that we here at Mother Honestly and certainly from your work are able to encourage and create a structure for truly. Yeah. I, I think I, the problem with, the problem with um, or, or, you know, maternity or parental leave, um, which, you know, I'm, again, where I stand on maternity leave is that maternity leave should be equal to paternity leave, period. Women should be supported. Men should take their parental leave so that they can support women in the workplace. When we give men less maternity, less parental leave than women, we're sending the message that this baby is a, is a woman's issue. It's not your problem. You need to just show up for three days for her and go right by. That's one. Two, I think in terms of checking in, um, I, I just exercise, exercise caution. Just because I know how the human brain is wired, there's some of us that are overly ambitious, right? Like I can run on no sleep. I'm, you know, I'm that person who before the baby, like literally right minutes before I went to have my baby, I was still cooking, cleaning, running errands. And as soon as I got back, I was on my feet again. And so, you know, I am like, I know myself, I will be the first person to be like, let me find out what's going on. But, and even I have to tell myself that, you know what? Let what I have done up until now be enough. Let it be enough for the company. Um, this is my time to focus on my child. And if I need to, you know, check in with anyone, that can be offline. You know, I had my my, my boss's number. You know, I text him because he was, you know, when I was going to maternity leave, I made him promise me that he would text me if I got the big bonus. And I did. So he texted me and he said, I just wanted you to know that you get a check this weekend, you know? Um, so, you know, I could check in offline. Um, yes. The, yes. The, the problem with having this, 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 this kind of discussion in the workplace is that now we've set this expectation that, oh, you know, Elizabeth checked in while she was on maternity leave. But, you know, we didn't, we didn't see well, you check. Blessing, that is yeah. an excellent point. 
point. And I think that we need to be able to have these conversations based on what is best for us. A woman going out on maternity leave needs to be able to say, here's what I'm very, I'm most comfortable with now. And then she needs to be able to say, you know what? I know I said I was going to do this, but it turns out that's not really going to work for me. Exactly. We are not in that place. Absolutely. In an ideal world, right? We're still in a world that was not designed for us. We know the people that are going to take advantage of this. It's going to be the men going on parental leave. This is their opportunity. I mean, they we ha- I had to literally yank the laptop off of my husband's pants during his parental leave. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you checking in on work? Um, right. and 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 that's the reality. But I agree with you all that you know, yeah. if you really want to just check in to sort of have that life that line open, right? To say I'm definitely coming yeah. back. Um, that's that's fine. But one, let's not make it an expectation. Two, that is something that can be done offline. We don't need to document this. This doesn't need to be this. Oh, right. I just want to make sure. So that is where I'm I'm glad that you said that. That's why I said, I don't think blessing is going to like this. I, I hear from a lot of women too, when they're out, they miss like some women miss work. And for me, miss work. That's okay. You know, when I work, I miss my kids as well. You know, right. Totally. Okay. Totally. Um, I think, I think for me, it was something that, I mean, I didn't have a lot of confidence in the men who were supposed to tag in when I left. And so when I came back, we had lost huge accounts that I had worked years to build and things like that. And so it was a bit of like a, okay, well, everything went to SHIT while I was gone. And now I'm coming back to this. And I feel like I kind of knew it. There were moments when I was on a walk, you know, and the baby was sleeping and it was a nice like one hour walk. And I was just, you know, milking it because the kid was actually sleeping. And I thought like, I wanted to kind of touch base with that Elizabeth who was polished and who had the career. And I knew it was there waiting for me. But for me, it would have been a nice little touch point of like, okay, I'm not just this zombie with this kid because I was not in a love bubble with my children for my entire maternity leaves. And I know a lot of women aren't, some are, but for me, I really had a lot of my identity wrapped up in my job and a lot of my value. So maybe it's just a deeper issue, but I think that, I think that anytime to your point, when we do absolute on either one, like definitely don't check in or definitely do, that's Mm -hmm. when it's easy to judge ourselves and each other. But I love that you said it, and I should have, you know, reiterated that in the beginning. This is up to you. But to your point, if it's going to turn into a negative pattern or you're going to get sucked back in sooner than you're ready to be sucked back in, then have some boundaries and hold those. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and honestly speaking, I get it, right? Like women for a long time, but I, you know, p- part of me just believe that a lot of this gut reaction that some of us have when we are away from our, you know, from the workplace um, is really because of, you know, we don't feel psychologically safe. You know, right. you just, like, you know, this, this, you know, this folks, you know, don't have a handle on things or, you know, you feel like you're missing something. And I think that, you know, one of the things which this, this podcast is um, powered by Splendid Spoon and it's called Take the Day Off. And, you know, when it comes to the parental leave like this, I honestly prefer for women to take that time, literally Mm -hmm. take it, 
don't worry about what's going on out there. Um, and, 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 and there are two reasons for it. The reasons for it is already as a country, we spend so much time working. I mean, I cannot remember the last time that I was, you know, I really took off from work without thinking about work, right? Um, beyond, even when I had the child, when I was on parental leave, I was still thinking about work a little bit, but at least I did, I wasn't at work. So I can't remember any time in my working life that I had four months of parental leave to pay attention to my baby, pay attention to the kids and really be present for them. So I always like, I, I actually want to treat the parental leave as a sacred moment for all of us, men or women, literally sink your teeth deep, embrace all of the things because that work, whether they messed it up or not, is going to be right back. And actually there's nothing you can do about the accounts that were already gone. <laughs> you know, it was um, a mess. So, yeah. Amen. You know, I like for us, Amen. I like to really encourage each other to take that moment, men or women, take those moments to yourself, take that day, those days off completely. Yep. Because what we are going to find is that in those moments, we allow ourselves to unplug, we teach ourselves. Uh, because one of the things that helped me was when I came back, I was able to detach, even up until now, on weekends. I don't work. I don't work. I detach completely. I, I know Andrea's Andrea. When Andrea when Andrea for the well, literally I don't know about that. No, I do detach. I do detach. Maybe well, maybe yeah. I'll have uh, listen, maybe I'm I'll have my phone, but my laptop is not open. Yes. But like, the difference is the difference is is that you are confident in where you are enough now that you can really just focus on the work that you enjoy and feel fulfilled by. I think the point that I would love to make about what you just said is that, and this was my experience. I know it's probably true for some people, probably not true for other people. We have that during that time when you are a new parent, the so much is changing and it's a turbulent time just by its very nature. So it is, you know, it's super hard, I think, to say that this should be a serene, happy, calm time for you with or without the work element, number one. And number two, what you described, I think is my vision of heaven. This idea that you can be a mom, you could be at home or a dad or whatever. You could be at home with your kid and just relaxed and happy in the moment with your child. And then you can later on go to work and you could be at work with the challenges of all of that and feeling rewarded and fulfilled by that. So that to me is like, that's heaven and that's what we wanna to get to. Elizabeth, what, how do we get there? Oh man, <laughs> I, if I knew I would be making a lot of money. Um, I do feel like it's grace, you know, you just have to be like really comforting of yourself and gentle with yourself and your decisions. And maybe you'll make a decision and you'll look back on it and you'll say, you know what, that maybe wasn't exactly what I wanted to get out of that situation, whether it was the leave or whether it was kind of life thereafter. But I feel like as women, I think we can all agree we're all a little too harsh on ourselves and probably each other. And I just feel like instead of pushing forward and squeezing extra hours out of the day and this and that, it's better if we can just be non-resistant to life as it is right now and just be gentle and comforting to ourselves because otherwise we're just going to keep spinning and running faster and faster on the hamster wheel 
thinking that we're going to get to this heaven bliss place and we're going to miss these moments. I love how Blessing said to, you know, like give yourself permission to just really absorb the moments when they're happening. I think if we can just get to a place where, you know, this is a little bit woo woo, but like that everything is divinely playing out the way it's supposed to. And it's okay to feel uncomfortable at times and it's okay to really embrace the joyous times. Then we can live in a non-resistant place of really inner peace. Um, if you can just also like be in acceptance of things that are going on around you without tr constantly trying to kind of push against them and change them. I, I love how like our conversation literally, you know, basically um, we made this full circle moment and then, you know, we landed on, on parental leave, maternity leave. Um, right. Because you know, in some ways, that is actually where the career confinement starts, right? Right. Where, totally. You know, in so many ways, women start to say, you know what, maybe I'm not cut out for work or, you know what, I actually want to focus on the baby. Um, or maybe they, they got convinced, right, by their, by their partner right. to now stay home and watch the kids. And we all know, you know, that women make only 80 cents to a dollar in this country. And so as a result, it's easier to you know, your career can be on the chopping block, right? At any time. We saw what happened with COVID with 5.8 million women who were forced out of the workforce, A, because of the childcare crisis, and then because companies were cutting jobs, right? So yeah. just so many different um, nuances. But to say that this confinement that you talk about, identifying, you know, one of the, you know, the moments where that happened right. is really, yes. you know, after when women have a baby. Yeah, uh, a million percent. I'm so glad that you were able to bring that around and connect that for us because, you know, in the book, you know, we talk about confinement, but it can be relationship confinement. It can be parental confinement. It can be career confinement. It can be a mindset that makes you feel confined. But I think the goal of this book, and of course, you know, the Mother Honestly podcast and your whole platform is to really tell women that you really aren't. I think sometimes the bars are imaginary or you know, they're actually wide enough that you could slip through. And sometimes you can feel like you're in a cement cage, but at the end of the day, there's always a way out. And it's really our responsibility to ourselves and to our children to show them that there is always a way out. And I think that the biggest way to do it is to get support, which is why I love platforms like yours, which actually show people tactical ways to get that support, to take, you know, the first step out of the cage and start playing in the abundance that I think we're all divinely meant to play in. Oh, I love it. I love this so much. So for those that are listening, Elizabeth will be at the summit. She'll be speaking. Um, Andrea, well, she has no choice. Um, <laughs> she'll be there and um, doing all of our wonderful PRs. So thank you so much. Um, Andrea, first of all, I just want to say thank you. I know you're working on the press release. Do we want to talk about Start to Flourish really quickly? I feel like, you know, we're three weeks out and I, I'm I'm starting to get the jitters. I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to see everyone. So um, we're expecting about 400 women um, and men. And, you know, the goal is really how do we give women hope and optimism and solutions? Um, because we've literally gone from crisis to crisis in this country. Yep. Um, women have borne the brunt of those crises, whether it's the formula crisis, which is still ongoing, caregiving crisis, tampon shortages, reproductive rights yanked away from us. I mean, it's like, I'm like, can we literally get it break, <laughs> right? right. Um, so I am looking forward to it. We have wonderful speakers that are going to be there, um, you know, from 
Fidelity Investments, Foundation Chanel. Um, we have Splendid Experience Speaking, Care.com, Indeed. Amazing speakers. Um, Sarah from Bobby um, will be attending as well. Andrea, is there anybody else that I'm missing? Sarah. Sarah from Nanit. Sarah Dossett from Nanit, which it, we had a wonderful dinner um, yes. you know, while I was with Andrea the last time. So yes. this is like a, a you know a bunch of you know amazing girlfriends um, and and women. And I think you nailed it. Yeah. Oh, I lost. I, I I did not mean to interrupt you. I think you nailed it there with the idea of hopefulness. And really, if there's one thing that I know that I could would make my life so much easier and you know truly more allow me to be opened up to be more productive in the avenues that are most important to me. It's to let go of the idea that I can't do something because someone else's expectations are not aligned with my own for myself. And it goes back to the maternity leave conversation. It goes back to the idea that I still hesitate to decline a meeting after hours because that's time for me to fulfill my responsibilities at home. And, you know, particularly when it's not necessary, that's, you know, I, I think that that is one of the most important things because so much of the decisions that we make, so many of the decisions we make seem to be motivated by what other people expect of us. Right. I love that so much. I, it's, it's a lot of expectations and I feel like the expectation is partner, you know, our role as parents, right? The kids, society, our employers the co-workers it's like the list goes on and on and on but thank you all so much this this has been i think this is one of our longest podcasts and i really really enjoyed it thank you so much elizabeth for joining andrea and i we really appreciate you uh, for those that are listening or watching um please um go to the nearest bookstore amazon Barnes and nobles wherever you find your book Get the book, Career Confinement. I love it. Thank you for my personalized copy. Yes. Um, I, I have not had time to dig in, but I plan to dig in on the plane. So I am flying out. Um, love it. Thank you both so much. And thanks we'll to the listeners you. for listening. We'll see you on November 4th. Yes, yes. Bye, everyone. As a working mother of four, Juggling my own business with the needs of my family has often led to deprioritizing myself and my own health. I need time back, but it's a struggle to decide what to outsource without replacing it with guilt. That's why I am so glad to have found Splendid Spoon. Splendid Spoon brings me nourishing, delicious, healthy, veggie-filled meals that are ready when I am. They're always gluten-free, dairy-free, and completely powered by plants with over 65 options and flexible plans you can change, pause, skip, or cancel at any time. Splendid Spoon is a great partner to me, helping take the load off of food prep and allowing me to enjoy the simple moments that can mean so much. Splendid Spoon has my back when time is just not on my side. Try Splendid Spoon today by visiting splendidspoon.com and enter promo code HONESTLY, H-O-N, E-S-T-L-Y to receive $50 off your first box.